धीम त धीम त कीट धीम त धीम त कीट धीम त धीम त कीट धीम त धीम Hi, welcome to Speaking of Indian Arts, hosted by Navatman. In this podcast, we curate voices, thoughts, and experiences from artists and patrons all over the world into an ongoing dialogue that elevates our collective consciousness about the Indian classical arts. My name is Anjali, and I'll be your host for this conversation. Today, we are thrilled to present this inaugural podcast episode. I'm joined by two fellow members of Navatman's development team. Hi, my name is Lavanya. I have been a student at Navatman for about six years now. Um, I love them so much. I'm also a volunteer and a member of the development team. And I'm Mahi. I think I've joined Navatman about four years ago um, as a student as well. And then I just love the work that they do that I volunteered uh, and I'm part of their development team. And as I mentioned, I'm Anjali. I joined Amatman about two years ago when I moved to New York City. And I am also a student of the Paratnatyam classes and I'm a volunteer for this development team. So let's start by talking about Navatman itself. What is this organization? What is it all about? What does it stand for? How long has it been around for? And what does it mean to the community today? So Navatman um, is an Indian arts organization in Manhattan. They're known for their, you know, in-person classes and now online classes as well. They've done some great critically acclaimed productions. I love their dance company and music ensemble, quite stellar. And their probably best known output is Drive East, which is a week-long festival celebrating their mission, really. It's funny you say that. Drive East was actually the last thing I found out about Novotman. Really? It, it, like, surprised me at how, like, it seemed like the entire arts world knew about Drive East. And here I was, a student at Novotman, and I had no idea how big or just the amazing artists that show up on stage. Um, so that, that kind of took me by surprise. <laughs> That's so funny that you say that, Mahi, because uh, Drive East, like for many other people, probably was the first thing that I saw that drew me into Navatman. And I had just moved to New York City a couple of years ago and was thrilled to find a week of concerts that was just full and rich with artists showcasing all different kinds of Indian classical art in a tiny theater in the East Village. Um, it was almost like Navathman brought the whole world to this one block in Manhattan. Um, and I later discovered that the New York Times reviewed and praised uh, the festival many times over and described it as a dazzling box of jewels. And that's when I realized that it wasn't just me, um, but you know, patrons and aficionados all over New York were irresistibly drawn in. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious, Mahi, so if Drive East wasn't the thing that alerted you to the organization, what drew you to Navatman initially? 
Honestly, it, it took a long time. I think um, I spent about a year just trying to find dance schools within New York. Um, I kind of reached out to a few schools. I, I think I even reached out to one in Princeton, New Jersey, because that's how bad I wanted to get back into the arts again. And then um, somehow I stumbled upon Navatman and they offered like those free classes or whatever. And like I, I joined one. I think it was like a Monday, 7 p.m. And I get there 10 minutes into it. Like I knew that this was what I was looking for. It kind of was, you know, in par with, I think, what I wanted because everybody else around me was like me who took dance classes, um, you know, kind of wanted to come back to it as an adult or like brand new students just trying to learn from it. So I think uh, that's how I got introduced Navatman and I think what kind of keeps me coming back that like pull is really just I think the teachers and how dedicated they are um, and then I think once you start to see what they can offer you and how much you can learn like you want to stay Navatman School started over 10 years ago with a mission to help nurture an individual's journey in the classical arts. Since then, the community has grown to over 500 students who have joined the organization at various points in their journey to fulfill their passion for the Indian arts. Joining the community is valuable in several ways. It gives you access to professionals who have trained in various art forms for decades, a cohort of like-minded, passionate individuals looking to explore Indian dance and music in their own lives, an inclusive, open, and safe environment dedicated to making everyone feel welcome regardless of their background and experience, and access to curated workshops conducted by world-renowned artists. So what about you, Lavanya? What drew you to Navatman initially? Oh, um, so I don't know if you can call it a quarter life crisis, but my life was in a rut of work, weekend, work, weekend, work, weekend. So I started looking for something to do, really. So um, I took a trial class in martial arts. I took a trial class in fitness. I took a trial class um, for dance at Navatman. And I picked Navatman. Um, going in, I was really self-conscious about whether grown-ups, grown-ups still take dance classes anymore, if I was going to be the oldest person in the class. But going in, I felt like I didn't stand out, like I was part of the class, part of the student base, part of the community right away. Um, there were lots of grown-ups. It wasn't just me. Um, and one of the best things I remember from my early days at Navatman was I stumbled onto a class where three generations were taking a dance class. It was a little girl, her mom, and her grandma. It blew me away. It was awesome. 
That sounds crazy, but I have to say that almost sounds normal for Navatman, though. Right. <laughs> like it's almost expected um, for something like that to happen. <laughs> no, but I hear you on the being the adult because that was, I think, kind of my concern. Um, but you're right. I think in like the classes that we take, there are kids, there's adults, there are people from different levels. But I, I like how the classes are still managed, where everybody still learns something new within the class. And frankly, it's um, it's kind of not, it is classical dancing, but the teaching isn't classical. And I think that's what I like about it. There's no like, oh, I'm the teacher. And, you know, like that stern kind of like, you know, if you made a mistake, you were afraid like the stick would be thrown at your feet. Like that's kind of what India was for me when like I saw like dancers and stuff growing up. But I think all of that is not there. And it kind of feels like everybody's on the same level. Yeah, I completely agree with this point that there's it's amazing how you can continue learning at any point in your journey. For me, it was a little different of an experience because I had been learning Parthnatyam you know, for most of my life, I started when I was like six years old and continued and was on the dance team in college. And I had also learned ballet since, you know, for my entire life since I started when I was three and then did the graduate diploma when I uh, left high school and all of that. And for me, after I graduated college, it was a real challenge to find a space to be able to continue dancing in a serious manner, but not go to the professional route and not become a teacher. I wanted to find a space where I could still learn, you know, the, you know, more, there's so much more to to learn. And when it comes to these traditional arts, um, but not necessarily have the pressure of performing professionally or, uh, or just going into the teaching route. And so for me, I have learned so much and I almost feel like a complete beginner again, now that I've joined Navatman because the organization has connected me to artists and performers and teachers all over the world who are really the cultural vanguards of, you know, this classical art today and are defining, you know, what Bharatanatyam is going to mean in 2020 and moving forward and the topics that it addresses and how you challenge some of the um, traditional kind of associations with Bharatanatyam and how do you push it forward. Um, And so, you know, I've, learned just how much more there is to learn um, and, you know, have this space where I can challenge myself individually, um, but with like-minded individuals. So has there been a certain moment or kind of memory that stands out in your mind as being a particular highlight during your experience with Navathman? For me, there's a special series of moments. So I've been lucky to have a few opportunities um, to be a part of student performances. So it doesn't matter whether, you know, it's a performance that's going to be in the Grand Hall of the Met Museum or a suburb in New Jersey celebrating Diwali or the symphony space putting up, you know, an entire dance production. We lean in together, prep together, help each other out. And then once we are ready, everybody joins hands in a circle and meditates on why we are there today, why we are proud to do what we do. And we go into that performance 
body, mind, heart, emotion, all in. And that will always be the specialist thing to me. Now, I, I think um, there there isn't one. I, I think it'll be very hard to find just that one good moment, the best moment. Um, I think for me, it was really just seeing the community, I think, and finding like-minded people, right? Like, I think everybody who's kind of part of the organization or majority of them, they have some sort of connection to the Indian roots, like they were born there or their first generation here, or they grew up with the Indian culture in their households. Um, I think kind of seeing that community together. And then I think it's also just how people are willing to help. Stuff. I mean, arts and you're not supposed to be politically involved and stuff like that, but just some of the movements that I think Navatman is willing to support, like the Black Lives Matters that's been happening. This summer, we were, you know, we opened up dialogue to make and feel comfortable, like the community to make feel comfortable that they can come to Navatman if they have questions. They just wanted to talk about things. Um, I think it's really that sense of community and you see it in different places or sections or areas, you know, if you're kind of in and out of Navatman. I mean, even if you're not, I think, involved in the team behind the scenes, you can walk in and see it, right? Like if you walked into a Dry Beast concert or any other show that Navatman's putting on, you'll probably see like five different people from Navatman, right, helping out. And they're from like, there's like six-year-old kids, being ushers to like, you know, adults managing tickets or doing audio and things like that. So I think it's really that bringing people together and uh, having the opportunity to if you wanted to. So just having that ability, I think is, uh, I never realized it was like a big deal and how much I guess I missed it until like I got back into it. So just listening to you talk about these moments it becomes very clear that there is real genuine passion for the organization, which clearly has motivated you to become a volunteer for the development effort for, for Navathan as well. Um, can you talk a, a little bit about how to get involved with Navathan as a volunteer in any capacity for those of you who are listening, who are interested in um, becoming a part of this community? There is no requirement on specific qualifications or skills. Um, what you do need is interest, passion, and time that you can bring in to volunteer with Navatman. And what you get in return is multifold from it. You, what you get in return is this window and this exposure to the arts, to the artists, to practitioners, to conversations, some of which will be on this podcast too. Yeah. And uh, to add to that, Lavanya, it's just that I think being a nonprofit organization, the biggest um, driving force is the volunteers. Like nothing can be done. No show is put together no concert uh, without volunteers. Um, and I know time is a big factor in volunteering. You know, everybody has busy lives. Um, but I think that's kind of the best part about it is that there's so many volunteering opportunities and we you can show up for like an hour 
for volunteering for an event and, you know, leave after, um, you know, so or you could be there for the whole event if you had the entire day off and you wanted to help out or, you know, there's almost like at home tasks as well. So you don't actually have to be there in person. So I feel like Navatman's volunteering kind of works or can work with anybody's schedule. They just need to tell us like what works for them and I can bet you we'll find something <laughs> to where they can help us out with. I should know I'm part of the volunteer committee group um, and uh, and anybody who's listening who's ever had to deal with organizations or nonprofits will know that finding volunteers um, and people, dedicated people who either come back or even show up, that's the biggest challenge. And Mahi, you have been so good at providing that initial guidance um, when a new volunteer shows up and dividing, you know, tasks or um, getting people started on things. And from personal experience, I can say it is oh so satisfying when you see the fruits of your labor turn into how that event turns out. And I think it started off that way, right? Where I, in the beginning, um, I wanted to be there to make sure that everybody was, you know, good. Everybody had a task and nobody was like, you know, lost in terms of what the expectations were. And then, um, yeah, you're right. The fruits of that, I think, labor for me was when I could give it away to somebody else and know that it still went smoothly, right? So to kind of kickstart it and then just have somebody else just follow through and have things fall into place, like one concert after the other, one, you know, black box event after another, you know, volunteers showed up and just knew what to do. Again, if anybody's interested, you can uh, email us at volunteers at navatman.org <laughs> Uh, and we're happy to walk you through what it entails um, to chat about it. Anyway, you guys can help with that. Yeah, that's great. And I would just second love Anya. I can totally attest to this experience because Mahi, you were the one who sort of brought me in as a volunteer initially and then helped train me. And and now, as you can see, you know, we're all so uh, committed in these various capacities. So um, it almost feels um sometimes I feel a little funny calling it a volunteer effort because it's not totally selfless for me. I almost feel selfish that I'm able to be part of this organization and give my time, but in, uh, you know, in exchange for these tremendous experiences and such close access to the artists and, uh, and the performers and, you know, be a part of the backstage conversations, literally, um, you know, so you see how things come together into this beautiful, you know, final production. So that, experience and process in itself is so enriching that I feel like I get paid in air quotes, um, you know, multifold. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this podcast. Um, we have a really exciting content plan in store. Um, what are some of the episodes or topics that you guys are most excited for in regards to the upcoming podcast content? I think the one that I'm really looking for is um, the mother-daughter sort of sequence, um, which is talking about, you know, what what it was like to be a parent, whether the parent was an artist themselves or supporting a child 
in the world of art and they're they were trying to figure out you know which eyeliner which makeup which <laughs> hairdo works best um or you know if they were an artist themselves the parents kind of like you know what wisdom they passed on and uh, vice versa as a kid like teaching them parent you know if they weren't they've never seen it like my mom's never she wasn't an artist in any way you know but she showed up for my dances in high school and figured out what needed to be, be put together so kind of like I think that dialogue of you know and I'm like looking forward to seeing if people had similar experiences or mini fights <laughs> with their parents <laughs> like I did um, but yeah I think that's probably the one that I'm looking forward to the most. As for me, um, you know, since a lot of us are working from home and have adapted to, I want to say, pandemic mode, I'm really interested in topics that cover digital medium and how it would impact, you know, whether it's teaching arts or the future of concerts and shows um, and even creativity in general, um, you know, Thoughts. I really want to hear thoughts from people who have been doing this for years, for decades, on how we might go from coping um, to really embracing technology um, and digital media while still being true to that in-person, on-stage experience. lot to dig there. Yeah, absolutely. And the beauty of those conversations, like you're saying, is that they will happen with the artists themselves who are going through this process right now. Um, and, you know, I'll add that I'm personally really excited for those conversations with the artists who are not only figuring out how to adapt to and leverage um, this new sort of digital world, but also how they're thinking through the evolution of their own style, how they're navigating between, you know, that rich classical tradition uh, and other sort of musical or dance uh, styles that we see today from either other parts of the world or other moments in history, right? Perhaps more contemporary um, styles. You know, for many of these artists, I've seen them perform um, at our Drive East festivals and other venues. Uh, but it'll be exciting to get a glimpse into their thought process and really understand how these beautiful productions have come to be. This is so great looking into the future. I think it's equally interesting to look back, to dig into the history of classical dance and music to learn more about how they have evolved. Um, it's, you know, we can read what the Natya Shastra says. So we have an idea of the thought process. When was it? Second century CE, second century BC, somewhere abouts, through um, to colonial times. And then just after Indian independence, and what kind of a role music and dance have played in national identity to uh, now becoming a global export of sorts, can I say that? Um, you know, just based on how popular they are growing and continuing to be all around the world. 
Um, so I hope and I know we're going to have some very interesting articles and um, future episodes even on this podcast um, on these topics, whether it's, you know, peeling back the layers of colonialism or defining the fluidity of a Carnatic note in comparison to Western music. Um, so definitely check out the Navatman Journal on navatman.org and stay tuned for future podcast episodes and future journal articles. Navatman is a performing arts organization that empowers individuals to nurture their personal evolution through interactions with the Indian classical arts, and that creates a home for the Indian classical performing arts in New York City. If you like what you heard today and want to learn more or get involved, please visit us at navatman.org and follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Navathman runs entirely on support from the community, so we invite you to donate to Navathman and sustain the Indian classical arts into the future. Hey.